Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we uh, we take whatever artists we're doing and we listen to all their records and we rank them from worst to best. But before we do that, we get into our Six Degrees of Tom DeLonge. If you don't know what that is, that is the same idea as the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, but with the artists that we're doing for the week. So if you didn't already know, my name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away. Way out there in the ether is Jeff. Go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Thank you to everybody who's listening, all the new listeners, our guy from Missouri, um, or gal from Missouri, I don't know, our boy Raul here in uh, Orange County. You know, thanks for listening. It's awesome. Really appreciate it. Um, now, Jeff, let's just not waste any more time. Let's get into the six degrees of Tom oh. DeLonge. I got two. I don't know how many you got. Yeah, so I have two right, as well. Yeah, you got two. Okay, uh-huh. cool. What do you got? Uh, first one. Actually, we kind of did this one last week, or I kind of did this one last week with Jeff DeRosa, how he's uh, he's married to Michelle Nolan. She's mm-hmm. the sister of John Nolan of Taking Back Sunday fame. Remember that we talked about yes. Circa? I do remember. Yeah. We went off on that path. I remember that? That was that was that was my first one. That was kind of a cheating one. I have a better one. My second one. I just, I just reused okay. last week's. Well, that's that's fun. Yeah, that's fun. It's kind of fun. So this time around, <laughs> I started to go. I, I I started with one person, um, and that's Lars Lars Fredrickson, the guy who produced the album Do or Die. Uh, Lars Fredrickson. That's fun. Is also what? That's fun. Is it fun? No, he's not even in the band. Yeah, but he produced Do or Die. He was not even in the band, though. Okay, but he produced. Okay, so so we'll start we'll start with uh, Dropkick Murphys. We'll okay. start with with fucking um, Ken Casey. Let's say that Ken Casey start with from Mike? Dropkick. All right. Uh, well, just wait. We'll start with Ken Casey, and then we'll go to uh, Lars Fredrickson because he <laughs> produced the Do or Die record. Um, Lars Fredrickson is the guitar player and vocalist for Rancid, one of the vocalists. Uh, Rancid also features the drummer Brand Steckenhart. Steckenhart, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he's been in Rancid for like almost 15 years now. And uh, if you didn't know, he was also the original drummer for The Used. Plays played on their first Ooh. two records. Uh, John Feldman has produced most of The Used records. John Feldman to Mark Hoppus to Tom DeLonge. So there you go. That's my first one. So what do you got for number two? All right, my last one and my better one, but Mike McColgan. Why would we not use Mike McColgan? It's it's silly, but his uh, his band, not his other band, but his band, is slash was called the Street Dogs, and the drummer was Joe Siros Siros, S I R O I S Sira, I don't know, mm-hmm. but Joe was a drummer for the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones for a long while, if not all their tenure. Um, including their latest album mm-hmm. that featured 
guest vocalist Christian Jacobs. Okay. Christian Jacobs, as you know, or may not know, played in a little band with Travis Barker called the Aquabats. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. The Aquabats had Travis Barker as the drummer, Baron Von Tito, and Travis played with Tom a couple times. But I also could have went, um, like, 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 uh, Tim Armstrong was also a guest vocalist on... On the uh, that same Boston's album, there's a lot of guest vocal, a lot of guest musicians on the last, the latest Boston's album. I can't even fucking talk on the latest Boston's tomes, <laughs> like books, Boston's, <laughs> the mighty mighty. Did we just tomes. talk about tomes? Yeah, on the AFI record, yeah, for the, the weather, AFI. the weather tome. Because it's such what a, a bunch of cucks. I know it's such a <laughs> stupid thing to say. Just say a fucking book, asshole. But yeah, Tim Armstrong was also a guest. I could have went from Lars to Tim on the thing and then could have done that but i don't want to do that so of course not no fun there you Zero go fun. baby boy okay so this next one i have here we start with rick barton who guy who plays guitar for uh dropkick played on the do or die record uh which lars frederickson which lars frederickson produced if you didn't already know that because we haven't talked about that yet mm-hmm. um so lars also in rancid uh along with tim armstrong so Tim Armstrong was on an episode of the X-Files on their last season, season 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was on, he was one of the main like, characters on that episode. Um, also on X-Files, Seth Green was on an episode of the, of, from the first or second season. Seth Green was on an episode. Uh, Seth Green was also in the movie Idle Hands. Tom DeLonge was also in that movie as the drive-thru, uh, the drive-thru guy. There you go. So there you go. I thought that one would, would be a little bit more fun. Bringing the X Files, Idle Hands. You know. Dude, about the Vandals into the X Files. Jack Black was in the <sighs> X Files. I mean, the X Files is, is essentially the uh, anyone who's anyone was in the X Files. If you were not in the X Files, then you were nobody. We were in the X Files, actually. Exactly. So if you uh, you know if you were in the X Files, then you're a nobody. Yep, you're absolutely right. So those are my those are my six degrees of Tom DeLonge. Uh, let's just jump right into the rankings. The Dropkick Murphy ranking. Dropkick Murphy's rankings. Uh, they have 10 full-length records, and we're going to go from their worst to their best. And then we're going to also name our biggest banger from each of them. So, Jeff, what do you got for your number 10 for the Dropkick Murphys discography? Go. So, number 10, um, this got pretty rough at, at, at a time. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, uh, I, was, I, I was just, they started to bleed together hard, and I, I had to take a break and come back to it because it was... It was hard. It wasn't it was bad. Real. It was just, dude, it was just like the same song fucking for four hours. But mm-hmm. uh, their eighth album, 2013, Signed and Sealed in Blood. This, mm. this, uh, this was goofy. This is almost nothing but anthemic chants and drinking songs. But I don't feel <laughs> like drinking pints of bass after listening to this. It's just goofy and it's a, just a slow pop album. And. It was this one was hard to get through. I almost had to do this one twice. I, I stopped it halfway through and then picked it back up later. But it was it was tough. It wasn't bad. It was just it was just it was just dumb. It's just unnecessary. <laughs> just dumb, it yeah. It was unnecessary. But I don't have a favorite from this because I don't like this album really. Um so yeah. <laughs> Sign in seal and blood. Oh gosh. So I would say my bottom three. I don't care if I know my bottom four. I don't care if I ever go back to ever again. Just there's no reason. Just no reason to. 
Okay. Uh, so my number my number ten is uh, eleven short stories of pain and glory. What? Their ninth record. Their ninth record. So we did this record once on the pod. Wow. Several years ago, and I remembered liking it a lot more, but it might have been because it wasn't in the context of their discography. And yeah, this time around, man, I just I did not I did not care for this. The album overall is pretty slow to mid tempo. Um, there's just nothing really exciting on it. And the song I had a hat is my favorite because it is <laughs> the the most upbeat song on the record. Outside of that, I just I don't remember anything from it. I think it's just for Dropkick, it's just the most plain old people for me. That is insanity. Yeah, I just Lin- I don't insanity. I was surprised too because I I do remember liking this record a lot. When you we did. did we we both liked it and were very surprised at how good it was. Yeah, but this time around, man, I just it was not it was underwhelming to say the least. Okay. So that's my number ten. What do you got for number nine? Uh, Blackout. Um, I've never I've never really liked this album that much. There's hmm. th- there's just nothing. Okay, we take out the two obvious songs: the "Kiss Me I'm Shit Face" and the "Dirty Glass." Take those two out. There's nothing really stand out on this album. This album is very safe. It's good punk rock, mm-hmm. but there's no like identity to it. It's just run in the mill punk rock. It's fine, but but dude, those songs are great. Like the "Dirty Glass" and "Kiss Me I'm Shit Face." "Kiss Me I'm Shit Face" is a little less awesome than the "Dirty Glass," but mm-hmm. still good stuff. And <laughs> I think I, I think Dirty Glass is so fucking good. It's that call and answer and the back and forth and I think it's it's so good and it's so it's so like ballroom, right? It's so dropkick and it's it's mm-hmm. it's a call back to their early drinking days, but then still kind of a transition into them getting older as musicians, as people. I think it's a fantastic song. But I've never liked this album that much. I think it's boring. So you have no oh dirty the dirty glasses your your yeah. BB on that also one. I I also really like kiss me I'm shit faced because it's essentially two song. different completely different songs blended together by a, a common story mm-hmm. I like it it is good good it's a good record too yeah I don't know why you hate it so much but it's not that would good. you ever get it on vinyl no I would get it only only if it was. Man, I not even, I don't think I pay ten bucks for this. <laughs> it it would have to be like six dollars or like five bucks. All right. I just fair. don't. I dude. I I. There's not. There's no drop kick here. There's no drop kick here. It's a fucking punk rock record. It's. They're a punk rock band. But they're a punk rock band that have an identity to them, and none of that is here. Nothing that okay, makes a drop kick right. Murphy's unique is in this album. Or yeah, in this album, it's not here whatsoever. Oh boy, boy, oh boy. Okay, so it's probably your fucking number one because you're a little butt licker. Well, 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 well. No, it's not. So my number nine is uh, "Turn Up That Dial." Their last or their tenth record, yeah, their their last record. Um, came out this year. Uh, it's not a bad record, but it's it's just I don't know. It's just it's just lackluster, man. I don't. I just don't understand why they keep making music. I don't feel like they've done really anything significant in many years or anything like since, super interesting. Since Blackout? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really like there, there are moments like on my notes where I say, oh, I didn't like I didn't like all the Irish stuff. It was too much. And then 
And then when they do less Irish stuff, sometimes it sounds really bad. So like I kind of go back and forth and this one just doesn't, it's not a good combination of the punk and the Irish stuff. I just, I can't get in. I just cannot get into it. The only song that, that stands out to me is uh, Mick Jones nicked my pudding because <laughs> the title is so stupid. And it was the first song I heard from this record for like five months ago, six months ago. But yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing here for me. Much like 11 short stories. Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing more on this. Okay. <laughs> That's All right. Nine. Yeah, we'll I, move it's on. Just, it, th- there's just so much underwhelming stuff from Dropkick. Like you can get like three records from them and you're good. That's all you need. Mm, three? They're just one of those bands, man. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. They're top three. So uh so what do you got for number eight? Uh The Meanest of Times. This is the their sixth album. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny cause, cause now that I'm like ranking these, I don't even know what the fuck this one is. So <laughs> actually my Damn, dude, like half of their stuff, like the, my bottom five and my, I essentially have a bottom five and a top five. My bottom five is stuff that I will never go back to. I don't care about. And I'm still here. It's not bad though. Like it, it wasn't miserable, but because there was a lot of albums and I did do back to back to back, that's what made it more miserable. But on its own, I don't think I would skip any track from any of these albums. If somebody yeah. put them on, they're not, they're not bad. It's, it's just when you listen to them back to back, oh my God. But the meanest of times, yeah. uh, like this is like this is their sixth album. This is when they're like full on in the next phase of the Dropkicks. This album has everything of them. Like there's fast punk songs. There's some extremely like Celtic folky songs, and there's slower ballads that they'll eventually do well and will continue to do. But um, this is this is a uh, this is a this is a transitional album. And they're they're done being the Mike McColgan dropkick, and they are going to now be the Eleven Short Stories dropkick. And the means of times, there's some really cool like punk songs on here. But um, my favorite my favorite song is the State of Massachusetts. That's like the most popular song oh, from yeah. this one. It's it's got that it's it, it's a rip off of their own song. I'm shipped up to Boston. That intro is very. <laughs> It's very much in the same vein. It's it's it comes in hard right away. It's very shanty like as 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 Tyler would say. Yeah. But it's good. It's fun. It's a good song. Yeah, it's it's I. Would I playlist it? Nah. No, 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 no. Besides Blackout, at- <laughs> my my bottom five, my bottom five albums besides Blackout, I would not playlist any of these songs. Yeah. I could see that. Most of these songs on any of these records, I wouldn't playlist. Maybe like, maybe like ten songs I would playlist out of all of their discography. Maybe fifteen. Maybe fifteen. Maybe fifteen. Yeah. Dang, this is not. Gonna, this goes, is man. not going to end well, is it? This is not going <laughs> to be. Oh no! It'll end. It'll end just fine. This Don't worry, is, dude. I You'll swear learn. to fucking you'll learn. God, all of Vishnu, whoever the fuck you pray to, if you have blackout in your top three, we're done. <laughs> this is it. We're done. It is so oh, fucking lame. It is God. so uninventive. It is so. Why? Why are you? Why are you saying that? Like you're just because I know you them. like it because it's so boring. It's so vanilla. <laughs> okay, we'll see. We'll see. So my my number eight is signed signed and sealed in blood, 
their eighth record. Um, this one, it's it's just an extension or like the B sides of the the record, the the seventh record. What's their seventh record? Going out in style. Yeah, it's just it's an extension of that. There, there's just not much there, and some of the songs are even more like ballad like. And overall, it's just it's underwhelming. It's not a terrible record, but like we've talked about listening to these albums back to back to back, it's it was a little rough at times. And this is one of those those rough records for me because it's there was just no reason for this record. It sounds way too much like going out in style. And I don't I don't get it. Uh, the, the one song that was pretty cool, though, was Burn, uh, just because it's the most punk song on the on the album. And I like how it just starts with the snare. It's that da, 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 da. And then it just kind of breaks into it. Um, and as you could tell, it's it's mostly the punk songs that I'm digging. Um, yeah, you're one trick pony. Right it's fine. It's not a big deal. Well, I mean, they do it well. That's the thing. They they yeah, they do that punk or the hardcore punk thing really well. You like you which like is great. You like monotony. You like samesies. You like things that you don't like change. Oh, this coming from the guy who change likes this, that fucking Massachusetts song, which is a fucking rip off of shipping up to Boston. Yeah, and I acknowledge that, but I still wouldn't still, playlist that it. Doesn't make it doesn't make it any better the fuck out it's definitely not better that's why it's not ranked higher this fucking guy Mm -hmm. okay so what do you got for number seven turn up that dial their their newest number 10 their newest newest album this is Mm -hmm. a i mean this is another non-punk out output by the band it's still solid i i think it's i think it's uh it's great like they've already solidified their status in the punk community they have nothing to prove and they've done it with their first album with that first album do or die they have now cemented their legacy and will be respected forever in the punk community like the bouncing souls no matter what the bouncing souls does do bouncing souls do they will do, be yes. they will be accepted in the punk community in the same way the dropkicks are and and but now they're just writing like punk rock styled songs in the style of dropkick murphys you know what i mean they're not mm. They're not yeah. the Dropkick Murphys writing st- the songs. They're they're like another band writing songs in the style of Dropkick, which is the best way I could like explain this album. And it, but it's fine. Yeah. And like it's, it's fine. It's fine at best. Celtic Celtic punk essentially is now synonymous with the Dropkick Murphys. Like that is like when you ask like when you talk about the Celtic punk like what what is Celtic punk you it's the Dropkick Murphys there are other bands that did it before after but they did it best hands down true true easy yeah they they they're the number one band when you when you think of that very obscure genre yeah but they're good they're good with their fun live but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later um smash okay, so number- shit up Oh, okay. That was your baby, your BB. Yeah, that was the first single. It's good. It's a good song. I, I, I really <laughs> enjoyed I it. And uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's easy to get into. It doesn't require a lot of thinking. Doesn't require a lot of de- dedication. Um, mm-hmm. but again, still not gonna playlist it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's it's amazing how underwhelming these records are, have been. You know, these rankings have been. Well, it's just because like. This again, this sound is so is so. It's such a niche like genre as it is, and because yeah. they're they are this sound. The Celtic punk, the Pogues are not Celtic punk. They were alternative, poppy at best. 
but the dropkicks really fully embodied the punk sound as well as like the Celtic folk. And they did both of them over the course of their career. They ended up doing both of those sounds extremely well and perfected the sounds. What's underwhelming is, is that they set the bar so high so fast. And that's, that's kind of like their problem. And, and like I'm shipping to Boston. It's like the fucking fourth album. I know, right? Like, what, are gonna, yeah, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Your fourth album, your your six albums later, you're never gonna top that. Just because of how no. ingrained it is, not just in like Boston lore, but like the departed, the movie. I I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just the, the dropkicks had big shoes to fill and they filled them right away, but then they kept trying to walk in those big shoes and they stumbled over themselves and I don't know. It's it's yeah. it's fine though. No, none of this is bad. It's not bad music. True, true. Yeah, no, nothing's bad here. Nothing is bad here. Oh shit! On it's too just, much. It's, <laughs> it's it's just a matter of trying to find like the different how to it's, it's trying to find how to differentiate these records. Yeah, because they're all so alike, but they're all good. But there's no like this is the only way we can kind of talk about these these records and make up differences because i don't know it's just it's different this was this was a difficult ranking because it's so much of the same shit <laughs> it was. But, um, but my number seven is going out in style their seventh record uh this was the besides the one we did on the pod their their ninth record this is the last record i had heard in its entirety because of the song the hardest mile which i think is like a top five dropkick song I, there's i don't know what it is about that one but the moment I heard it when this record came out, I was just, I was hooked. And this song has been on so many of my playlists over the years. I've just thought this song is so good. It's just, it's the perfect blend of that punk and the Celtic stuff or Irish, whatever you want to call it. It's just this perfect combination of it all. And that's kind of what this record is too. Like it was like, it was almost like a caricature of their, of their, what they do best and it almost seemed like they didn't take themselves seriously on this record. So it came out more authentic. It was, it's just a fun record all around going out in style is just all around. It's fun. So that's my number seven. And like I said, my favorite song is the hardest mile, which I think is one of their best songs, you know, seven records in one of the best songs. All right. So interesting. that's what I got there. Yeah. So what do you got for number six? Uh, going out in style. You just okay, you just talked you about it. This is uh, this yeah. is the first album with Jeff DeRosa. He uh, he plays a ton of different instruments. Um, it all this album is kind of interesting too because I didn't know this, but it includes a lot of uh, guest vocalists from the Boston area mm-hmm. and Fat Mike's from Newton, Massachusetts, which is like just right outside of Boston. I didn't know that until really? this week. I, yeah. didn't know that I thought he was like from California in some. I thought he was area. from San Francisco. Yeah, or, from, or no. He grew up in L.A. though, because or Beverly Hills, because I remember in the the No Effects book he talks about going to school in Beverly Hills. He 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 was born in Newton, Massachusetts. Oh, that fucking guy! I know, <laughs> but whatever. I, I think Springsteen's guy. on this album too. It's, it's it's a cool album. It was supposed to be a concept album, I guess. I didn't get mm-hmm. that at all from this, and I would never have known had it not been for me reading a little bit about it. But I did enjoy it, and I think they did a good enough job of getting heavy into the Celtic sound without drowning in it. 
because mm-hmm. like my favorite song is is the title track going out in style it's a it's a fucking banger punk song it is solid and it was <laughs> fun and it gradually sped up and then it, it was just like classic dropkick without any of the fluff and the fluff is what irritates me sometimes the the fluff is <laughs> yeah, what gets definitely. me it's it's the uh it's the overindulgence too of the 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 irish stuff the shanty stuff yeah it's it's the four it's five minute song much. length which is gets so annoying <laughs> oh god okay so that was your number six right yep number six all right so my number six is the warrior's code uh their fifth record this uh this was the part of their discography where i'm like okay they've they've kind of stepped away from the the irish stuff celtic stuff and just going more of like a punk a punk route which was which was really nice like it was it was nice after it was it was a breath of fresh air after hearing so much of the the chants and the 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 drinking songs and the pirate shanties so it was nice to hear like a more straightforward record and so that's why this is as high as it is um there are some bad moments um because there are some like rock ballad moments vocally which i think are just fucking terrible but then there's one song on here, Citizen CIA, which I think is the most aggressive song they've ever put out. Most aggressive punk song they ever put out. Uh, but my favorite song is uh, Captain Kelly's Kitchen. I, I, I just got to say, that is the best song. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't help but just not love that song. It's so dumb. It is so bottom of the barrel dumb. But I cannot just, I can't, I, I can never change that song. It is so much fun to sing. That that bass line during that part too is just so heavy. The <sighs> boom, 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 boom. It's boom, so boom. good, <laughs> and I hate and I hate to like it. I hate liking it, but it's you, you just can't help it. It's too good. It's too damn good. No matter how cheesy it is. So yeah, that's my number six is the Warriors Code. Okay. So then what do you got for number five? This was Finally this breaking the top five. Okay, these yeah this this is the. These five I, I I go back to still today. I own three mm. out of the five now as of today on the vinyls. And once I get the other two out of the top five, then I'm done for besides the EP, the first EP or I think it's their first EP, the Boys and the Dog EP. Yeah, but first. um number five and number four were hard for me. I I switched them numerous times. And even tonight mm-hmm. when we first started before we even started this, I I switched them one last time, so I think I have it now. Okay, but I'm but they're they're to, they're completely interchangeable for me. But I think I'm gonna put, right. I think I'm gonna do eleven short stories as number five. Oh my god, eleven dude. short stories. I don't I, know how that is so high. I just I don't get there's, it. There's there's good stuff on here, and you have to you you got to understand that the Dropkick Murphys, they're a band that that progressed. They're a band that they didn't abandon oh. their punk sound. They just didn't want to do it anymore. And they embraced like a different sound, and that's fine. That's that's the path that they chose. And eleven short stories, I think, is the best thing that they did while choosing that path. I think that it's just it's solid proof that that they can again abandon their roots, but still crank out some powerful and impactful tunes. They don't need to be punk to kick ass. And eleven short stories was wasn't as ballady as your previous couple albums. There's almost no punk to this whatsoever, but they don't need to be punk. They don't, they don't have to do punk every single time. And I think I may be a little bit biased because my favorite song, obviously, is You'll Never Walk Alone. And I think it is a 
fucking killer, killer rendition. It is a killer cover. And I just think like a dream is if like Liverpool somehow did like some friendly match out here in Boston. And then we went out there and all of a sudden they were like, oh, surprise guest for the opening anthem and they just played that version of you'll never walk alone like i just i'd fucking <laughs> die dude i would die i'd be donezo be so done i'd be done <laughs> i'd be done i'd be done i mean the, the chances of of that scenario ever happening are just so zero <laughs> they're, yeah they're just damn zero. near they're zero just not gonna happen <laughs> Oh, I just I I, I love dream, it. Though. I love it, and and like that that song itself, it it means it means something different to different people, and and the way Ken Casey kind of explained it, it, it meant something different to him. And if there's one strange underlying theme of the Dropkick Murphys, these are these are like hardened punk dudes that grew up in a hardened Boston East Coast punk scene, but they are very emotional, and they're not afraid to say. It. And maybe that's something unique to the dropkick. I don't know. Or maybe that's just an East coast thing in general, like a pride thing, but they mm-hmm. are very emotional and they're, they're not afraid to like cry. They're not afraid to express their emotions verbally, physically. And I, I think from do or die all the way into 11 short stories. I think they, damn, what a ride. What a ride. I really <laughs> like 11 short stories. I think it's so good. Hey man, somebody has to like it, I guess. Oh, right? it's so fucking good! It's such a banger of an album. I just, I don't, I don't get it now. I don't know what I saw in it originally. But I'm glad you enjoy it. I'm, I mean, that's all that matters—that you enjoy it. Does, so. That is true. That's all that matters on this earth is if I enjoy something or not. Well, that's all that matters to you. Uh, but yeah. But yeah. Okay, so that was your number five, eleven short stories. Uh, my number five is the meanest of times. Their sixth record. Um, overall, this album was um, it was more punk. It was more exciting. It was less, um, you know, let's let's put our arms around each other and drink in a bar, which is fun. It, it's it's fun for a time, but it's just like you can only do so many of those songs where it can stay exciting. And this this record kind of there was more punk and it was more it was just more interesting to me. I had a better time listening to it. I didn't think like, oh my God, dude, I got a five, five minute pirate shanty on my hands, <laughs> you know? But, um, yeah. So my, my favorite song is shattered. It's, it's just an aggressive song. Um, they both sing on this one. It's, it's just, it's, it's a good, it's a good punk song. It was, I really enjoy it. So yeah, the meanest of times, that's my number five. I don't really, I don't know. It's just, I want to say more about these records, like I said, but I don't, I don't know what to say. There's not much more to say about these. I, I mean, I wanted, so at least two out of your top four, or I mean, I, I'm not surprised by three out of your top, or I'm, whatever, I, we'll get into it. We'll get, I, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got for your number four then? My number four is Gangs All Here. I, I'm, I'm not surprised this is, this is in your top four. I knew you would enjoy this one's copy of do or Why? die that's fine because it's punk it's oh it's, God, it's punk of the era and you're boring and you you're predictable you like the sunrise and the sunset i can call them as a season every single day same time but uh <sighs> but yeah gang's all here that's my number four like i said i'm not i'm not surprised this is in your top four Tyler. come on come on well maybe on. it's in my top one who knows i wouldn't be surprised i i really wouldn't um 
these the reason why this is so high is because of its nostalgia. The reason it's so low is because it's a do or die. It's kind of a do or die copy. These guys lost their singer mid tour. They they essentially made another do or die without Mike. Ken Casey mm-hmm. stepped up and he wrote most of this album as opposed to just being like a supportive writing role that he had in do or die. The songs can be great here. Some of their best songs are on this album outside of do or die. Some of their best songs are on this album, but this is like a reset for the band. They did do or die again over, but they realized that Al Barr couldn't carry the torch the way Mike could. And that's why come sing loud, sing proud. There's a completely different direction. And so gangs all here and do or die are very, very, very similar albums. And luckily for the band, you know, commercially, they realized that Al Barr is not Mike and they shouldn't do the same thing they did with Do or Die and they went a different mm-hmm. route. But Gangs All Here is essentially just another Do or Die, just with a different singer. Um, but there's yeah. a lot of bangers in this one. Like Amazing Grace, f- fucking fantastic. Fighting 69th, another iconic anthemic dropkick song. But Curse of a Fallen Soul, that is... That might be like a top five for me. It's 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 good, man. This is this is this is one of those camp songs too. So that's oh my god, which I'll get into <laughs> the with the drop song. kicks. And it's it, man, gangs all here. <laughs> gangs all here is just it's it's like do or die is like little little uh, ugly little brother that nobody ever talked about, and it, it it never gets talked about. It never gets brought up. Occasionally they'll 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 throw some songs out from here. Usually they'll interpolate like, like uh, amazing grace or, or things like that. But gangs all here mm-hmm. is, is for sure. Like they're lowest on the totem pole of the dropkick albums. Okay. All right. It's good. It's, it's solid. It is a good record. No, it is. It is a very good record. Okay. So that was your number four. Number four. Dude, you better, so, have, you better have fucking blackout as your number four. I'm, I'm going to, Pretend the internet's cut out and hang up here. <laughs> so my number four is the gang's all here. Uh, second record. This is uh, I agree with you almost on on. I, I agree with you ever actually on everything on this one. It's 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 a song. It's an album for a band that seemed uh, disjointed and like in a just confused. Like they didn't know what direction to go into, so they they fell back on on the do or die era. And it it was good. Like it sounds really good, but you could tell that just there's a lot of inexperience on here. There was no, there was like you said it best. Like there was nobody there to hold the torch, to to bring the guys through and to to create these songs, like the way Mike did on Do or Die. I mean, Albar is great. He he is really good, and I don't really don't have anything bad to say about him. But he just doesn't have that same commanding voice, that same commanding presence that Mike does. And so when you try to make a record like that and it just doesn't work, it just falls a little bit flat, but it's still really good. Like, it, I don't know. This record didn't need to be made. They they should have like waited a little bit longer, kind of, you know, maybe threw out like an EP just to like see how it goes and then, then write a full, a full length record. But regardless, it was still a solid record. Um, I mean, there's nothing on this record I think that really sticks out. Maybe Pipe Bomb on Land on Lansdowne. But all the songs are just kind of like, they're what you would expect from this band at this era of trying to do another do or die. So I don't really have a favorite on this record. 
which is really weird for for a record being so high on my list. This one doesn't really this one doesn't have a banger for me on it. Okay. But it's still it's still a fantastic record. Don't get me wrong, it's great, but it is great, but I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> I will say though, it is this this record is a little bit more pirate shanty and barroom chanting, but it was it wasn't annoying. Like it, it like it has like it was later on in their career on later records. It's the last one so that uh, that Lars produced too. Oh, did he do the second one too? Yeah, after this it was uh, Ken Casey for a while, and then other oh, people. Ken Casey. Get out of here yeah. with your Ken, you fucking Ken Casey out yep. of here! Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> All you do so is that's my talk Boston. Shit on Ken that's Casey. my Boston accent. No, I don't. I never talk shit on Ken Casey. It's. A- Oh, yes, I never do. talk you shit on Ken Casey. Oh, get out I do yes, not. I've heard you not. many times. I may, I maybe say he's a horrible singer and he's he's ugly, but no, I would never talk shit. I think he does phenomenal work for the community, for the music industry. I think he's a he's a banger of a dude. I honestly don't know who you're trying to impress right now. I'm trying. Obviously, it's Ken Casey. Like, hello, <laughs> duh. Yeah, when, when he actually listens to the pod. I did. He just texted um, me. He said, are you guys still doing the pod? I said, yes. Oh, shit. Did he really? Okay. I said, yes. And XOXO. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> How the fuck is oh, fucking so blackout in your top three? You're such a fucking wiener. Uh, all right. What do you got? What's your number three then? The Warrior's Code. Dude. Ah, yes, that is God. Oh, oh, the fucking pirate shanties, dude. <laughs> and of course, and of course, you love Captain this is, Kelly's Kitchen. This is, of course, I do. This is this album is a more accessible <laughs> sing loud, sing proud. With, with the misstep of Blackout, they went back to the sing loud, but on here, there's even more emphasis on super strong harms to the point that if it wasn't for distorted guitars. This may just be a pop album. For instance, Captain Kelly's Kitchen, Sunshine oh. Highway is the poppiest thing they've ever done. <laughs> Take another ride on the Sunshine Highway. That dude, that is. It's good. It's good, but it's good. It's you know, like you, you know, like you put your arm side to side, like you 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 crick your elbow at a ninety degree angle and put it in front of you and swing it side to side. Yeah. In a in a in a what do you call it sarcastic way. <laughs> that's that's like this album but there's still some oh, serious so bangers on here shipping up to boston like okay it's popular i get it it's not your favorite because it's popular and everybody knows it but shipping up to boston is is it's fucking good and it's it's not even like their kind of song they they took a, a lot of it from a, a woody guthrie song and redid it reimagined it revitalized that city and there's so mm. much to the dropkick that is just not music. It's it's also just like energy that they brought in it. I think, man, shipping up to Boston, it's it's hard to not pick that as as like the biggest banger from this album because it's so fucking good. It is no, it, it's a really amazing song, and like you said before, the there's so many movies, TV shows that have used this song. I mean, Sopranos is one of them. Jack, the Jackass movie used the song. As like the opener for one of the movies, it's pretty wild how big this song was and how many times it's just been played in multiple things. So this this Great album song. this album is almost like a pop album at times though, because then you have like a, that song um, "Wicked Sensitive Crew," 
where they talk about like pop punk tough guys, neck tattoos, and they 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 just talk, they're just making fun of like the scene, but they're all part of the scene. And it's yeah. it's it's funny. It's it's very tongue in cheek, and it's 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 an awful song, but it's done in a very <laughs> drunk way. And I think I think that's what the Dropkicks do best is just is present things that would be dumb for everybody else, but because they they take themselves with such little seriousness. I think it. I think a lot of the stuff they do works really well. You think they? I feel like they're a band that takes themselves too seriously. I, I feel as a business time. standpoint, as as a as a brand, I think they take it seriously because they want to make money. But no, if if I mean you you any interview you have with Ken Casey, the dude is out there. Like during the when the when the Boston bombing and the marathon happened, like he was out there. Helping people, delivering water, yeah. doing things that that normies do, but superstars would never do. And and he's just like, no, this is this is just what I do for the city that I love. So no, I I, I think as people, they don't take themselves seriously whatsoever. But I think as a brand, absolutely, they take themselves seriously because they want to make money. Yeah, it's true. Got to make a living, right? Sunshine Highway is really your favorite from that fucking album. No, <laughs> I thought no. what you said Sunshine Highway was. Um, the Warriors Code? No. Is he did? It was Captain Kelly's. It was Captain oh, Kelly's. Oh, that's right. Captain Kelly's Kitchen. Yeah, you fucking cuck. Don't get the fuck right. out of here right. with that sun that that shit. Fuck out of here. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's All right. right. So my number three is a blackout, finally, their fourth record. There's just something about this. I don't know if it's just because of the dirty glass, which I think is their best song that they've ever done. I know uh, why you like this the most. Why? Tell me why. Because there's very little of the Celtic influence in this. This ah, is like yes. This is like the only one they've ever done. Actually, this is their only album where there's very little to know of that Celtic folk influence and this is all like rock and roll, punk rock driven. It's fun. It's a really fun record. It's fucking it shows boring. you can have a band that can have have a great time without doing pirate shanties. Even though the dirty class is glass is a little little pirate shanty, but I don't know. Just the back and forth of that song is I I love it. And the only part of that song that I think is really kind of cheesy to almost bad is the Ken Casey part when he comes in, his vocals come in. There's just no reason for it at all, at all. But whatever, great song, great record. I don't know why you hate it so much, but that's fine too. So, it's just not good. It's, I don't, dude. I don't understand why bad. you say it's not good. It's, it's so fucking boring. Dude, you're so dumb. It's, I mean, I'll never get it on vinyl, but it's for sure. They're it's one hundred percent their most boring album because oh, it's it's just it's generic punk rock. It is generic punk rock. It's not generic punk rock. It is one hundred percent generic. It's punk good rock. punk rock. It's good punk rock. Eh, boring. <sighs> no. No. Boring. So then what do you got for your number two? Uh, number two, which I hope our number two and our number one would go hand in hand. But Sing Loud, Sing Proud, man. Mm, sing yes, Loud, yes. Sing Proud, their third album. This is, I think this is their debut album. I think this is their first album because Do or Die, you can kind of throw that away because Mike left and the band was like, who the fuck do? And then Gang's All Here was them trying to recapture that and realize that it sucked. But this is like their first album. Ken Casey's full hands on deck here. He's more writing. He's producing this album. And they're getting away from the serious punk stuff. Mm-hmm. They, Besides Do or, Die, Do or Die and Gangs All Here, they will never, ever do a serious punk album ever again. 
that is completely gone. So this is this is it. This is the beginning of the Dropkick Murphys. There's 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 glimpses of fun here, and it works. And there's so many bangers on this album. It's unbelievable that this is uh, this is their second best, and that is that is only because Do or Die is obviously their best. But no. if Do or Die didn't exist, this would be their this would be their best album. But <laughs> but damn, dude, like like the spicy McHaggis jig that is. It's been my favorite from this for a very long time. Love that song. It's super fun. It's bouncy. It's a real crowd pleaser when they play it live. And it's so stupid. The lyrics are so gross and <laughs> terrible. And it's... I, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. I I, I don't want to say that Mike... Because Mike's a very serious dude, it seems like, in interviews yeah. that I've seen. He he's he's kind of like the Henry Rollins of this of this band, very serious oh, totally. guy. So it's it. I don't think they ever would have done anything past Do or Die. I, I don't think the band would have been successful had Mike stayed in the band. I think they would have just done more of Do or Die until they just broke up eventually. Anyway, but this band is 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 at their best when they're when they're playing punk songs, but being as goofy as they possibly can with subject matter that is so fucking outdated <laughs> and not not okay today like the spicy may haggis jig i think it's so funny i don't we i don't even it's about a, a guy that just goes out looking for like fat chicks and it's like one of the, <laughs> the i think it's the last song on the right album now. it is the last song yeah yeah it's the last song i i had to remember how it goes spicy was yeah. a bird beautiful guy all right. Okay. Oh, he's looking for chicks over four hundred pounds. I don't. Why don't I remember that song? Probably because it's the last song on the record. Oh, it's banger of a closer. But also, th- this record too was one that I, I maybe this is the second or third time I've ever heard it in its entirety. But I really, really, really liked it. I thought it was fantastic. So, I mean, we'll talk more about like our origin stories, but. On the, on the main episode, but yeah, th- this is also my number. I'll just say this right now. This is my number two record as well. Sing loud, sing proud. This is much like what you said. This is the, or no, the third record. I'm sorry. This is their third record. And like what you said too, this is like, this is what modern Dropkick Murphys is. This is, this is the start of it all. Um, this is where I feel they perfected the punk, the pirate shanty, the barroom chanting. This is the, this is the epitome of that. Like Do or Die was was amazing on its own, but this record just just this was the beginning. This was it. This is the magnum opus of the Albar era. Yes. Um and the the one song I mean I got to do this one because it just it just gets you moving. It's The Legend of Finn McCumhale or how do you however you say his name? <laughs> because dude, the song is just like you, I just every time I, I when I heard it, I thought, dude, I just imagine being in a circle pit, just running as fast as you can, just hitting people and just having a fucking blast for like two and a half minutes. Like this is that's what this song is, and that's kind of what this record is too. Like this is just a really cool party album, really really cool drinking party album right here. That's what Sing Loud Sing Proud is, because yeah. it doesn't take it like you said, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It has its moments, but it's not nearly as serious as, as Do or Die. It's a great record. Yeah. Great song, too. 
But I don't think I'd get it on vinyl. What? Just saying. Yeah. Damn, Just you saying. crazy. I have this on Just vinyls. Saying. I figured you would. I you do. You have like all their vinyl on record, especially Blackout. I know. Wasn't Blackout the first one you ever got? I know. I know. Mm. Jeff, come on. I it's it's funny because I, I I go back to Blackout like once a year, just to see if there's something there that I missed. And I dude, since since like its inception, I've just never I've never liked it. <laughs> never liked it. I I don't I don't understand that at all. It's so weird to me. Boring. <sighs> That's right. right. So I mean, obviously, then our number one is Do or Die, their debut record. So we'll get into that on the main episode. Uh, thank you all for listening to the pod. Go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And that's it. That's all. David Jeffy. David Jeffy.